the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Rob Black Podcast. Check out Rob every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. Live from the Bay Area. Your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Welcome in to the Rob Black Show. Don't have my screen ready because my producer decided that she didn't want to pull my screen up. So wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. And now we're ready. Good. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 a.m., 910 a.m. Lots doing. Lots doing. This morning while I was prepping my work for the radio show, my television station called me and said, what's up with the stock market? So a lot of people are starting to get a little bit spooked. Typically what I have to say is when the TV and the radio news people get scared, it's a little bit too late. Or it's not as important as you think. In this case, I think it kind of is. The Euro celebrated its 10th anniversary yesterday or late last year. With that said, we see the Dow's down 224 today, the Nasdaq's down 77, and the S&P 500 down 27. So I've been talking about Greece being a problem for a while, and the euro may not be able to survive on its own. Stocks are taking a hit as the Greek contagion fears is weighing out. The Dow has sank more than 200 points today, and the VIX, a measure of volatility, jumped crazy wild. So this is kind of one of those important days. I think we're due for a market correction. I think we're coming out of earnings season. We've had basically nine glorious months on Wall Street, 12 to 13 overall. We've had the Dow on winning streaks that it hasn't had since the mid-2000s. So we're doing great. The question is, is the euro going to be able to stand this? Is the European Union going to be able to stand what is basically the last few weeks where Greece has changed? Next to the demise of the euro, you would have the Lehman Brothers. Would look very, very fairly trivial. Germany doesn't want to bail out Greece. They did it very begrudgingly. The deal that was cobbled by the European Union and the International Monetary Fund it may be enough to keep the Greek trade unions the German taxpayer and the hedge fund speculating in bonds all happy. Now, what's happening is we're getting a good, healthy market correction. At a time when we needed a good, healthy market correction, but we're also getting it on the news of Greek. Greece, Greeks, the Greeks. Greece is a country that's screwed. They borrowed a ton of money. They've got some really old unions. These unions get a lot of do-re-mi for their union members, and it's an old society. And if you've ever been to Greece, it's not like the internet capital of the world. 
It's a dirty, filthy area. Well, it's not dirty, filthy, but large parts are dirty, filthy. To the point you would say, hmm, this isn't America. I want to go home, Mom and Dad. So the Germans seem willing to help out, but very begrudgingly. They see it as a bunch of Mediterranean layabouts. When a relationship is that fundamentally incompatible, Greece and the Greeks, they're going to have grinding austerity. They're going to have lower services. They're going to have higher taxes. And the Germans are moaning and groaning about having to fund it. So the question is, will the euro be around in the year 2020? And my job on this show is to always show you ways of making money, even in times of of stress. For instance, if you think the European Union is going to collapse, because a lot of people think that this, this contagion of bad Greek debt is going to spill over to Spanish banks and German banks... They think Spain and Portugal's next because Spain's got 20% unemployment. So if you want to make money off the system, you'd buy German bonds and you would sell the DAX index. If you think the European Union is going to fail and the euro is ultimately going to go away and Germany's going to say, we're breaking away. Now, I don't know if that's the case or not. Germany is one of the most credit worthy countries in the world. Germany hates budget deficits. They run a big trade surplus. They believe in sound money. It's something the United States could take a lesson in. They're being dragged down by spendthrift neighbors, and they're not too happy about it. Outside of the euro, German bonds would soar. But so would the new Deutsche Mark, and that would hurt the exporters that dominate the DAX. Another way to make money off the Greek flu would be by the dollar. Now, the dollar has its problems with our deficits and our, our anemic economy. The U.S. budget... Trade deficits are huge. Wall Street's under attack from populist views right now, crusading politicians. But if the euro were to fail or continue to fail as it is today, it would be the only serious reserve currency out there, at least until China decides to take a real role in how they they watch their money. Now, Italy would be another angle. You'd buy Italian shares. Italy has been the big loser from the euro. Spain, Ireland, and Greece all wrote a bubble created by cheap money. The crash might be nasty, but at least there was some fun before the party ended. Now, Italy has been stuck with a decade of restrained growth compared to the 1990s. If they were to be liberated from the shackles of the euro, the Italian economy could start to motor again. Motor in, currency could be divided, and wages could be held in check. So Germany and Italy are the best things going in the European Union. Another way to make money, if Greece continues to bring down the euro and potentially the European Union, would be to sell Spanish banks. Because if it does spread, the next ones to fail are Spain, where, again, they've got 20% unemployment. That's crazy, and it's a relatively small country. Economy is still in a recession. Without the euro, its banks would find it impossible to maintain the type of positions of global financial system that they currently have. So you would sell Spanish banks right now, like Banco Santander. Spanish lenders have risen on global prominence that they would no longer have the European Union were to fail. Another way of making money off the current crisis would be sell anything to do with Belgium. That is a country that's just tiny. The collapse of the euro would mark the end of the process of constantly expanding the European Union, or what's now known as the Belgian Empire. It's a global super state. Belgium has had a certain status of being a part of it. You know, they get some nice chocolate in Belgium. They got some trains in Belgium. 
Other than that, there's nothing going on other than they're a member of a very prominent union of countries, the European Union. Another way to make money if Europe and Greece continue to fail would be to buy the pound. The UK might have terrible budget deficits right now, shaky banks on every single corner of London. No stable government after this week's election was a massive flop. But at least it stayed out of the currency union. It never got into the European Union. It doesn't have to bail out Greece. It doesn't have to bail out Portugal or Spain just to save itself. So they would, the neighbors would look good. Another way of playing the disastrous euro right now would be to buy airlines. So for a few years, the new drachma would make the Iraqi dinar look like a haven of stability. It would plunge and wealthy northern European would be taking three or four holidays a year on Greek islands. That would be great for companies that fly tourists there. Add in the weakness of the new Portuguese Escueto, Spanish Posada, and the Italian Lira, and the guys at Airbus, they'll be working night shifts to keep up for demands for going to Greece. Greece will basically be leveled and destroyed. And because of that, those beaches will be hit up by European vacationers nonstop. So there's a silver lining anytime there's a disaster. And today, the the whole Greece bailout, European Union, Euro looks, looks shaky. A year ago when I started this radio show, the dollar looked really shaky, and you, the listener, were fearful of it. You're like, I bet the dollar keeps going lower. And I was like, that's the time to start thinking the dollar gets stronger. Now, the European uh, calamity is in phase one. There'll be another phase or two that comes. Always happens that way. You know, when, when Bear Stearns failed, you know, Lehman was right around the corner. It was a tick, 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 tick. But we had to wait months for that to happen. So Spanish prime minister out there today, Jose Luis Rodriguez Zapatero, he said speculation of a bailout for Spain is complete madness. I've heard that before, where you have nothing to fear. Oh, my goodness, you have something to fear. Spain and Portugal are endangered species, in my opinion. It's no longer news that's earning are better than expected. The attention's going to, you know, focus on those countries now. Wall Street's over for a couple weeks. We don't have to focus on nothing that's coming out here. We saw great factory numbers. We saw great earnings. We saw great housing numbers. We, we've seen great things in the United States. The market's getting hit today because growth slowing down in Europe would be bad for the United States. We are a global economy. We want the Europeans to come to our lovely city of San Francisco and spend money. So that we can go and spend money on beer and restaurants so we can pay our mortgages and things along those lines. We want them to come here. So them getting, getting hit, not a good thing. And again, these flus tend to happen. Asia had a bad flu in 1998. United States had a bad flu in 2008. Europe's going to have a bad flu in 2010. It happens. It's nothing to get wildly upset about. It is what it is. I got Wall Street earnings right around the corner. I got Santa Clara's proposed budget. Are we on the road to nowhere or is it just my imagination? 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. It's like finding a 20 in your inside coat pocket. All right, well, actually, it's more like finding a 10 in your inside coat pocket, but it still feels pretty good. It's the Rob Black Show on 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. 
the run, driving in the sun, looking out for number one. California, here we come, right back where we started from. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. When you hear this song, I'm going to talk in something definitively tied towards California. This morning, I saw the Santa Clara County, big county in the state of California, big county in the United States. They proposed their budget for 2011, and it addresses a $223 million deficit, basically for the county's general fund. They're going to have problems with services. They're going to have problems with layoffs. They're going to have problems with the tax collections. I love the state of California. My dream as a child was to move to California. I wanted to meet a California woman and fall in love. I put off getting married in my 20s because I knew California was right around the corner. At one point in time, it was so important that I, I, the woman I was dating, I was like, quit your job and move to California with me. She didn't, so I moved to California without her. So I love this state. This is an important one to watch. Santa Clara has a $4.2 billion budget, but they've got $223 million deficit. Keep in mind, some countries like Australia and Germany, they don't believe in deficits. They don't believe in it. They don't do it. They don't practice it. They practice what they preach. Now, California, we've all heard, is the sixth or the eighth largest economy in the world. A strong economy means more tax revenue for programs and services. During a weak economy, the county is adversely affected and revenue decreases as ultimately demand for county services increases. You know, the county offers homeless shelters and the county offers food and the county offers welfare programs and daycare programs. And when people lose their jobs, they need more of that kind of stuff. Job training. Next year, 2011, will be the ninth consecutive year of budget deficits for Santa Clara. And Santa Clara, again, home of some of the, the, the strongest companies in the world. Local governments are struggling every day to provide needed services while dwindling, dwindling resources. I own real estate in California, San Mateo County, not Santa Clara, but pretty close to Santa Clara. Now, the impact of the current recession has been devastating to families. It's been devastating to individuals. I got an email this morning from a man who's getting ready to, after two years of not finding a job, he's moving to Hong Kong. And I thought, whoa. You know, I've I've advocated people moving to cities like Oklahoma City that are growing, where jobs are plentiful and bountiful. But to Hong Kong, whoa, right? So the proposed budget deficit... $84.8 $84.8 million in program and service cuts. That's one of the things we're going to try to cut. One-time funding sources of about $138 million. Santa Clara's going to have to cut 193 full-time positions. And when you cut 193 positions, Wall Street loves that. People like me love that because we don't like deficits. But when you cut 193 people, full-time jobs, you know that's moms and dads who are losing their ability to pay their mortgage. And we know at unemployment 10%, it's tough to get a job right now. It's tough to get a job that you want right now. Now, to help fill this budget gap, it's still up there. County departments are going to contribute from either expenditure reductions or new revenues, trying to create $48 million. The Santa Clara Valley Medical Center is going to contribute an extra $35 million. The Social Services Agency is going to cut $27 million. The Department of Family and Children's Services is reducing by 45 positions. Let me repeat that real quick. 
family and children's services being decreased by 45 and a half positions. Santa Clara is big. It ain't that big. That's going to be noticed. The House Visitation Center slated to be closed and decentralized. That's going to eliminate 16 positions. The Probation Department, they're going to cut $2.9 million, and that's going to eliminate 23 positions. So when I originally said 193 positions, now that you're starting to hear it's from probation departments and child services departments, it's kind of humbling. This is also going to eliminate the informal juvenile and traffic court. They're just going to gone. So you're not going to have traffic court. You're going to have to go to court now. Besides reductions, the budget proposes new initiatives into health care and law enforcement programs. One of them is eliminating duplication between the sheriff's office and the Department of Correction and Personnel, Internal Affairs, and Administration. And that's going to save about $5 million. Now, correctional officers will continue to receive specialized training, and sheriffs will ex- exercise authority in providing correctional officers the right to carry weapons. Public health, mental health, and drug and alcohol departments can receive combined $8 million. They won't have to have services cut. I guess what I'm throwing out at you, you look at Greece and... You see that we promised, not we, but the, the Greek government's promised people a lot. They're just, they're not going to be able to deliver on services, and they're not going to be able to deliver on pensions. You look at Santa Clara, and you, you see 45 positions going away from the Department of Family and Children's Services. And I think if we all could agree on one or two things, children's services is something we as a society feel pretty comfortable funding. Even if you don't have a child, you kind of understand, like, you don't want children who are battered to have to stay in that home. You don't want children who are battered who go back to their home to have to uh, have no one come by and visit. You understand how important that kind of thing is and how important our children are to the future. California just it feels to me like it's on the road nowhere. Now, again, we have to go through this. Greece has to go through their austerity. They have to see that, you know, they have to see things that were promised to them cut. They have to see their taxes go higher because no one's well, no one's willing to lend them money anymore. They're now a bad risk. At some point in time, Santa Clara will be a bad risk. At some point in time, California will be a bad risk. We're already the most expensive state in the nation as far as borrowing money. And we're the most expensive because we got too many deficit problems from county to county all across the state. So what does that mean to you? It's the most expensive state in borrowing. You're like, I don't care. I'm not Schwarzenegger. I'm not the governor. Well, your taxes... Are the are what's used to, to pay back that debt that we borrow as a state. So it's frustrating as hell to me because I already see my taxes. I can't imagine a higher tax on me, Rob Black. My income tax is one of the highest in the nation. My sales tax is one of the highest in the nation. Taxes to go across bridges, high. Speeding tickets that once were $200 or $500. Red light cameras that once were $100 or $300 to $400. Like, I understand. Drive safely. <laughs> don't do it, Rob. Don't you know? Don't don't be a jerk on the road. I get it. 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 But I'll tell you, I'm stretched with how much money is is going out of my pockets, and I'm at the point where I'm ready to move to Denver. I'm ready to move to Tahoe. Now, again, this radio show is important to me. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon, at least for a year, two years, three years. But when I see schools, if I see the the, the neighborhood school. Uh, Test scores go down because of budget cuts. I'm out. I mean, I'm staying in the state for good school scores. I'm staying in the state for good jobs. Jobs aren't coming roaring back, are they?
We still have 12% unemployment in the state of California. Our next governor, it's looking like it's going to be a Republican. And that's, to me, almost frustrating. Not because I don't like Republicans, but because I know that Republicans and, and California liberals will get nothing done. If Meg Whitman gets into power, and it looks like she's going to get into power at this point in time, according to polls at this point in time, I don't see much getting done in the state. I think she'll have a very conservative agenda. I thought the best chance for California, believe it or not, was Schwarzenegger, because for about a week or two, he was able to get Republicans and Democrats talking to each other. His celebrity lasted for about a week or two. I thought that was uh, could have been a positive, but nope, it didn't quite last long enough. So anyway, Santa Clara County releases their proposed budget, and it's it's bad deficits, and it's a lot of service cuts, and it's a lot of extra fees come to the citizens in Santa Clara. 800-345-5639. Are we on the road to nowhere? Will the European Union fail? Will the euro continue to dive? Or do you think we can contain the flu in just Greece, the financial flu in just Greece? I was flipping through the Wall Street Journal today, and again, to show you how my mind always works, and it always works in a sick, 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 sick way, um, C-sections. And it was talking about when C-sections make sense. But when you get into money and you're, you're serious about money, everything you see in your life is money. When you see a young kid playing with an iPhone, you go, whoa, that's a lot of money. That's like a whole retirement package. We are a nation of super spenders. I'm going to talk a little bit about the super consumer later in the show, but I saw a story on, on, on C-sections. And um, when I see a C-section, do you know what that is? That's an extra ten dollars to $20,000 for the hospital. So if you're a prego, i.e. pregnant, and your doctor at six months says, let's go ahead and schedule you a C-section. Take your middle finger out to that person and say, F you, I'm getting with another OBGYN. If they're pre-scheduling C-sections three months in advance, they're trying to ring you for all the money you're worth. 800-345-5639. It's the Road to Nowhere Show. 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. like blowing 10 grand in Vegas on the first day and then making it all back and more on the second. The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. It's the Rob Black Show. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Yeah, we just uh, did a new segment called The Business of Sports. That was brought to you by Bloomberg at 27 past the hour. We constantly try to tinker with the content and even with the advertise, uh, advertisal, um, advertisement content, content that's advertised in, uh, I don't know the word, um, even the content that has an advertiser behind it, like the business of sports, we constantly try to improve that. So um, if you have any feedback, any thoughts, any ideas, let me know. One of the things that we know we're doing well is the top of the hour news. Um, so... We know you're tuning in for that. Tell me what else you would tune in for, and I will make it happen. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Now, I've talked doom and gloom today. I've talked about how Greece is screwed and how Germany is angry about supporting Greece. 
and how the euro is falling apart and how the European Union may fall apart. I've showed you some investment ideas out of that. If you missed it, you can go get a podcast of the show at one of two places. iTunes, how to rob black in your money, free. Or here at Talk 910, talk910.com, talk910.com. You can come here and get a podcast of the show as well. Now, I've talked about a lot of doom and gloom. I've talked about the state of California being underfunded, having to slash jobs. When you slash jobs, you slash people's ability to pay mortgages. Sometimes they move back east. Sometimes they go bankrupt and go foreclosed. And that creates further problems down the road. Now, let's talk about some good news. And I don't know how long this good news is going to last, if I can be quite honest with you. More Americans signed contracts in March to buy previously owned homes for the expiration of a tax credit that has helped support the housing market. Pending home sales rose 5.3% in March. You're expecting about a 5% increase. Now, again, I have to caution and warn and foretell you that a lot of this is tied to tax credit the United States government has. A lot of this data is tied towards that. A lot of this data is tied towards last year's numbers were so awful. The housing market, it has triggered the worst recession in the United States since the 1930s. Do you agree with that statement? I'd be interested. 800-345-5639. What caused the recession? Was it bad loans into the housing market? Was it you know too much of the good thing of consumer spending from the dot-com days? I think the housing market caused the recession, and it's been a pretty nasty one. We've received a boost, though, from the tax incentive, so we've gone out and bought homes, as much as $8,000 for buyers who signed the contracts by the end of April. Now, job gains are needed to help sustain demand and limit foreclosures. That's the kicker. When I tell you this story, you have to see job gains. If they don't come, it's going to get worse. So more people came into the month of March trying to beat the extension, beat the um, expiration of tax credits. Pending home sales, they're considered to be a leading economic indicator because they track contract signings. Now, the Realtors' existing home sales report, it tallies closings on existing homes. And that typically doesn't occur for a month or two after that report. So sometimes those closings fall apart. Now, pending home sales are considered a little bit better of a leader. Now, three out of four regions saw an increase. That included a 13% increase in home sales. Pending home sales in the South, a 1.9% increase in the West, 1.2% increase in the Midwest. Sales fell about 3.3% in the Northeast. So home sales, sales of previously owned homes, they count for about 90% of the market of homes. That's important. New home sales, they make up uh, you know, the rest, about 10%. They saw the biggest jump since 1963. But again, you take away this tax credit, and we don't know where we're going to be. We don't know if it was an artificial stimulation. We know it was a subsidy. Now, again, what's a subsidy mean? You've heard and you've been angered in the past about farmers who are offered thousands of dollars for not picking corn. You're like, what the hell's going on? They grow the corn and they're told not to, not to pick it? Yeah. So the corn market has to be stable for all the corn farmers to be happy. And one thing that the corn farmers do is elect politicians. So one of the things politicians do is pay farmers sometimes not to grow farm, not to, not to harvest corn. Nuts, right? It's as nutty as you can imagine. The tax credit for the first-time home buyers, it was extended in November so that it included uh, some current owners and it requires buyers to close the transaction by June 30th. 
clearly the home buyer tax credit has helped stabilize the market. Now, sales are going to be marge, not marginally, measurably lower in the coming months. Foreclosure is going to remain a headwind for the housing industry. Filings rose for about 16% in the first quarter. So we're not out of this housing mess in any way, shape, or form. You see these great numbers right now. But when the tax credit ends, that's going to be a big old problem. While foreclosures drive down property values and make homes more affordable to more buyers, they also add to inventory and increase competition for builders. So the big question is, is will housing roar back after that tax credit's gone? I think what we're going to really need, and this is what it comes down to, is the United States needs to create jobs, in, in particular the Bay Area needs to create jobs. If you have Bay Area real estate, it does nothing, nothing without it over time. And even more importantly, and I'm going to talk about this a little later in the show, is the consumer in America. He's become the super consumer because he spent his way through the recession, something we didn't think was possible. I mean, people like me didn't think that consumer spending would hold up as well as it did in the last nine months. And it was gorgeous. So the question is, when do we get wage inflation? Not just jobs, but wage inflation. Because wage inflation is needed to drive up home prices. Let's go to Mark in San Francisco, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. How are you, Mark? Pretty good, Rob. Uh, pleasure to speak to you. I think you're a mad genius, by the way. Did you know that the odors after drinking beer attract mosquitoes that have malaria? Is that the problem in my backyard? That's I don't drink beer if you don't want to get stung by malaria mosquitoes. That's my lesson of the day. Okay. So, whiskey is okay. random. Whiskey is okay. <laughs> well, you, you called me a genius. So I had to prove it. Okay. Um, my world and my investment world, or I should say, let's say um, stocks, bonds, stuff like that. I'm really interested in energy. So my first question regarding the disaster in the Gulf. Is this, uh, you know, how can this affect the oil companies operating in the United States? Is this going to mean higher oil prices? Yes. Oh, brother. We're talking about potentially, I mean, Schwarzenegger came out and said, you know, I see these turtles with oil on it and I no longer support oil drilling off the coast. If we were as a nation to ban oil drilling, which we may do, I mean, when you see enough dolphins die and enough birds die and enough fishermen lose their jobs— we may say this isn't this isn't a good idea anymore. Uh, we may have to stop and go backwards for a couple of years until you know oil hits three hundred dollars a barrel. And then at that point in time, we're like, Let, drill, baby, drill. Um, yeah, we're looking at higher oil prices because of this. There's no doubt about it in my mind whatsoever. A couple of uh, uh, one company, a couple of companies I actually liked a lot was up until recently Anadarko. I love that company because they're natural gas and deep water drillers, and also Chesapeake, but. If that oil does go crazy, then um, it seems like natural gas for trucks, trains, and eventually automobiles, vans, would make a lot more sense because we're just swimming in natural gas. Yeah, and uh, we're swimming in it, and that's a little bit of the problem is you're right. We as a nation, we should have a natural gas uh, mandate. We should have a demand that, that Chrysler and GM and Ford make more natural gas-powered vehicles for you and I. Our gas station infrastructure is not set up for it, so that's a huge problem. And the problem from an investment standpoint is that we got too much of it. There's plenty of natural gas, and we've come up with new technologies recently, including sideways drilling and angle drilling and more deep pressure and and flushing out the well with water to get more natural gas out of it, uh, pressure building back up. So that all we have to do is kill a hillbilly or two, or no, 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 displace a hillbilly or two. 
So that's not that tough to do to get all the natural gas. We are the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. What I would say is call back, Mark, when Obama gets on the television and says, we now have a natural gas uh, mandate. And I'm going to insist that, you know, 10% of all vehicles sold in America are natural gas powered. We don't have it. So right now, I, I think you're, you're smart, you're socially responsible, but investor early. I think um, India proved, if you ever uh, take a look at what they've done, someone just came back from, the, from there, a friend of mine, and uh, they mandated uh, what, compressed natural gas or liquid uh, petroleum for vehicles there. And, and what used to be called Bombay was a, just a filthy mess with two-cycle uh, engines running everywhere, burning gasoline. And there's a market difference now. I mean, you can make huge environmental, a uh, huge environmental difference. And also for us, you know, get off the imported oil thing. Yeah, for some reason it doesn't happen. And I think that's a conversation for a Michael Moore movie or something along those lines, which no one likes seeing that fat bloated movie maker uh, any more than we have to. But you have to question why why we aren't using a resource that we have plentiful of in the United States. And thanks for the call. Back east, when it's really, really cold winter and your heater goes out, if oil prices are high, people say, let's go with a natural gas heater and get natural gas delivered to the home. When oil is cheap, people are like, oil is a little bit warmer burning. We kind of like it. It's a little bit nicer. It's, it's a, a snugger feel. So oil prices do play a, a role in the United States, believe it or not, with, with heating, with our heaters, but not so much with our cars. And I've never, ever understood that. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Coming up. What's the best dog to buy if you want to keep your costs down? I got a story for you on that. Believe it or not, we'll talk about the $33 billion oil spill. We'll talk about a job that I might be interested in taking. I'll go ahead and tease it. There's some openings for gigolos. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Roblox Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Because you want to be able to afford your midlife crisis. It's the Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call now. 1-800-345-5639. to get your calls to the air. It's easy to do. You don't have to be shy. You don't have to be spooked. Nothing crazy going on. It's easy to call into the show. 800 345 Five six three nine to get your calls on the air. Sometimes people don't call, and then at the end of the show, a lot of people call, and it gets kind of backed up. So now's a good time to pick up the phone and give us a call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Dow's down 200. Stocks are taking a hit as the Greek contagion fears way. Greece has been bailed out. Is it enough? We don't know. We don't think so. It's a lot like George Bush had that first stimulus plan for the United States. Wasn't enough. We needed another one. So you get the basic idea there. So that's what's happening on Wall Street today. We're also suffering from a $33 billion disaster for the Gulf Coast. Companies like British Petroleum have lost $25 billion in market cap. Transocean's lost almost $6 billion. Halliburton's lost about $2.5 billion. Drill equipment, $334 million. 
So the Deepwater Horizon explosion has been a nightmare for regulators, energy companies, and cleanup crews. So we're losing a lot of money in the world right now. And that's not even talking about what the fishermen are going to lose and what the tourists are going to lose. In Louisiana, in Alabama, in Florida, and Mississippi this year. Who wants to go to the beach when it's all got oil-covered dead animals on it? Not me. Ew. Who wants to go to New Orleans and get fresh oysters when the oysters are tainted with oil? Ew. Not me. So it's going to hurt. And we haven't even yet begun to see the pain of that. The headlines are going to get riskier. I promise you that. Now, I own a dog and a cat. My cat's named Kit Kat Black, in case I ever ask a trivia question. So she's a Egyptian Mao. That may be part of the, the, uh, the question as well. She's a purebred. And I got her because the owner basically wanted to leave her. So I, I believe in adopting animals. I don't believe in the purebred nature of animals. Um, I find that we don't need it. We've got plenty of animals that need love out there. Now, what's unfortunate is people my age, we put off having families in our 20s and we had animals instead. So our puppy dog, our, our doggy dog, was our, our love was our child. And believe it or not, I think you should use some intelligence when picking up an animal. For instance, probably not a good idea to pick up a pit bull. Psychologically, you're kind of like the cancer of the neighborhood. Unless you're a machismo type of person who needs his small little sexual organ to be enhanced with a, a powerful dog. I don't know. I don't know. But not a good investment, financially speaking. If that dog bites one person, you're basically bankrupt. So people in this day and age will sue you. And if it goes after a kid, you may end up in prison. Which is also not a financially smart thing to do. So the highest risk for cancer amongst breeds, one in three dogs die of cancer. Did you know that? So that's the same rate as people. Some breeds, however, are more susceptible than others. For instance, boxers, they have the highest risk. They last about 10 and a half years. Golden retrievers last about 12. Rottweilers, 10 years. Bernese mountain dogs, about eight years. Those are the bigger puppies, right? Lowest risk belong to the Beagles and the Poodles and the Collies and the Dachshunds. Now, Boston Terriers are high risk. English Bulldogs, high risk. Scottish Terrier, high risk. Cocker Spaniel, high risk. Not so much on the, the Irish Setter. They're kind of average. Schnauzer's very average. Labrador Retriever, very average. And mixed breeds are very average risk for cancer. Now, I throw this out there because cancer's expensive on animals. Cancer for you... It's expensive, but it typically is covered ultimately in some way, shape, or form in, in some sort of your uh, healthcare benefits. If you have healthcare benefits, or if you don't, then you go poor and you go into the Medicaid type of, of world. Anyway, um, dogs. You should limit your dog's exposure to secondhand smoke, pesticides, herbicides. You know, I just put in a new lawn, and, and when I put in my new lawn, the sod said, uh, this probably contains cancerous materials that the state of California does not approve of, and children and animals shouldn't be on it. And I read that after I put it in. So I, I had my arms covered in this stuff, like, nonstop. I didn't have a breathing apparatus to, to help out, so I probably exposed my, just probably cut my life a couple more months there. But I didn't let my puppy dog, I didn't let my, my baby, I didn't let my, my Kit Kat on that yard, and I won't until it gets washed out a couple cycles minimum. 
Why? Because I don't want to spend thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars on my dog unless I have to. Amazing. The Wonder Dog's amazing. She's, you know, my best friend at times. I mean, she goes around a field, you know, a football field, psh, 25 seconds. She can do a whole football field. She's a stud. She comes up and hugs me and loves me. So dogs get cancer and cancer with dogs is expensive. I know you're saying, odd, Rob. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Pat, how are you? Uh, I'm good, Rob. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Hey, uh, question. I've got a, I've got a young teenage grandson who is showing some signs of being interested in this whole concept of stock market making money. And I'd like to, uh, I'd like to find some resources for him. Maybe a book that uh, is geared towards younger adults. Yeah. Um, if you send me an email, I've got a whole list on ideas for kids. Um, but for instance, one, one book out there, the Motley Fools have a book for teenagers teaching them about stock market and investing. And I think it's okay. There's really not a lot of great resources tied, tied towards teenagers though. Um, just an FYI, but drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Um, there's one called Young Investor Network. I think that's a .org. Um, let me Google that real quick because I got the time and my phone screen isn't working, so might as well chew up some more time looking things up. Um, Young Investor Network. Um, and that's not it. It's killing me. I will look into it and I will do a segment on it as soon as I can. 800-345-5639. And if you send me an email, I will get you the content on investing while you're younger sooner rather than later. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on there. Let's go to Joan in Sonoma. Joan? Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. I've listened to you for quite some time. Uh-oh. And, I well, from the beginning, at first I thought, gee, I don't know about this guy, but after listening for some time, I think you're damn smart. Anyhow, I, my problem is this. Um, we're in real estate upside down, of course, like a lot of California is, but we're older. And uh, friends of ours just passed on one man, we have no life insurance, but my husband's in great health. Do you think it's too late to invest in what companies would you suggest? Give me a little bit more information, Joan. Okay, well, we're older. Okay, how old are you? My husband, well, I'm, I'm 64. Okay, and what do you have as far as savings go? Zilch. Zilch. Now, I'm one of those people you don't want to hear about. No, that's not true. It, that's... Well, true, it is true, because uh, we had... You know, quite a few children, and... Uh, I'm going to have some opinions. I'm going to have some opinions for you that you may not like, so I'm fine with you. You may not like me. But how old's the husband? He's going to be 76. Okay. He's the one that can get the insurance. I can't. He can still get life insurance? I, no, it, they base it on your medical. And if, uh, one thing, they still kind of opt you out. I'm a diabetic, so okay, yeah. pretty much you're out of the loop on that one. Uh, although he's had a heart attack, they will accept him because he's not on any machines. They say he's in great health. Really? And he gardens and very physical man. Okay. 
And so... How much life insurance can you get and what would it cost per month? That's what I don't know. That's why I'm calling you. Okay. Well, I'm not a life... I've called several agents and and they haven't given me the bottom line. I told the agent, you're supposed to come in. We've gone to doctors, so he's set up as far as medically. He cannot be turned down. Okay. uh, For any uh, reason. Yeah, what at this point in time, Joan? Um, Basically, we don't have a life insurance to vary either one of us. And... Also, um, if something were to happen, I would, of uh, course, it's a month-to-month on the house. In other words, we're, we're in the... Are, are either of you working? Not anymore, no. Okay. Do you have, what's, do you have any equity in the home? Um, not anymore, but it's... Oh, it's ups- yeah, you told me. In other words, if the real estate flipped back, it would. It was estimated to be over a half a million a couple of years ago, but not anymore. They're down. I call the real estate companies, yeah. and I ask them to send me what they have uh, on the market as far as what the price is, and then tell me what you sold it for. Joan, Joan, I think I got your situation. You basically got nothing. I mean, nothing of nothing. Yeah, I know. And thanks for the call. What I would do is I would try to get potentially a quote on life insurance and figure out if you can afford it for your husband, because that might be a situation where he's going to die sometime in the next 10, 20 years. Um, The gamble would be that he dies sooner. And I know this sounds sick, but that would actually pay off for the life insurance. Um, I imagine that his rate is going to be so high. Americans keep life insurance up to age 80, but I would imagine that his rate is going to be so high because he's now at the median age of death. Or in a man in the United States, he's passed it, in fact. So I wouldn't insure your husband for a large amount of money unless it was a huge premium that I'm going to make money back on in the next two, three years if he lives over three or four years. I don't think you can afford that. Now, as far as burial expenses, I would start looking into cremation. I would not look into a full-fledged uh, uh, burial. I would try to both of you to get as healthy as you can for as long as you can. I would try to get a budget put together and make sure you're not spending more than your Social Security because that sounds like all you're getting right now. I would consider doing projects, your husband gardens. I would consider putting him to work for other old people who can't garden, 10 bucks an hour. You need to have as much money coming in as possible. I think that's the best advice I can give you based on everything you've told me at this point in time. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Coming up, headline news. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.